0: Welcome to Let It Be Easy with Susie Moore.
1: Do you sometimes struggle to be idle, (laughs) to have true downtime, to give yourself a break, a rest, permission to just be? Well, my friend, You might just love this conversation with author Tom Hodgkinson of the bestseller for nearly 20 years now, How to Be Idle. Tom is a editor and publisher of The Idler magazine and author of several books, of course, How to Be Idle and The Freedom Manifesto. He was educated at Jesus College in Cambridge and he founded the Idler magazine in 1993. He likes to say he had his last proper job in 1997. How To Be Idle has been heralded as a literary gem. It's been translated into many languages. And in this conversation, Tom and I speak about how difficult it is to be idle sometimes, what that really means, and even in our busy lives with many moving parts, how we can still snatch and enjoy moments away for ourselves. Tom is funny, he's brilliant and bright, and I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. I give you... Tom Hodgkinson. Tom Hodgkinson, a long-term reader here. Welcome to the Let It Be Easy podcast.
2: Thank you, Susie, and I can see you've got a a nice paperback copy of the American version of one of my books there.
1: I sure do. I can't tell you how many copies I've bought for friends, and there are different covers in different countries.
2: Oh yeah, there's there's different, you know, it's been published in. I don't know, it's on twenty or twenty five countries. Uh wow. And you know what? I, I wrote it twenty years ago, sort of today.
1: I, I was gonna say that. We're coming up <laughs> to the, the twenty year anniversary next I year, I think, right?
2: Yeah. It's it was I, I yeah, it was published in oh four, but I, mm-hmm. I actually wrote it in oh three, so mm. yeah, so twenty years ago I would have been um well I think I would have been asleep actually at this time. I was thinking <laughs> thinking about beer. But, <laughs> earlier in the day, for me, it's five o'clock. Uh, but earlier oh, in the day, I would have been yes. in my back, in, in the study in the back of the house, reading oh. books and um, trying to put the words together. <gasps>
1: Well, Tom, can I just say that I first found out about how to be idle when uh, I was actually a client of mine when I was working in Sydney, he was about to take an extended trip. We call it a sabbatical in the U S yeah. and he's like, I've got this book, how to be idle. And he's like, I just really need it. It's really hard to chill out. I mean, I'm dying to know a few things. Number one, do you still stand by everything 20 years later? Has anything changed for you? And I mean, I'm going for lots of questions at once. So let me pace them out. Cause I'm just excited here. But, uh, how did you come to write this book? Because in my opinion, it's ahead of its time. Was this always something that you just knew and felt and questioned and thought, gosh, the world's gone mad? We all just were in, in hyper overdrive all the time.
2: <laughs> well, well, actually, I, I published that book 10 years after starting my magazine, The Idler, which was mm-hmm. the, the sort of first step in this. That's still going. Mm-hmm. My friend Gavin and I published issue one in 1993, mm-hmm. and the front cover star was dr johnson you know he wrote the first english dictionary um yes. and was a great 18th century man of letters mm-hmm. uh, and i just found his character very appealing because he was constantly complaining about not being able to get out of bed in the morning uh, in his diaries and he was he was always resolving you know next next year i'm going to get up early because i, I lie in bed until 10 or 12 or even two o'clock in the afternoon mm.
0: uh,
2: but he was also very productive so i started to think actually you know um the work ethic the 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 Protestant work ethic, the Calvinist work ethic mm. uh, that so many of us have been brought up with as kind of natural and normal, mm-hmm. um, doesn't necessarily work for everybody. and In fact, you can be sort of, uh, particularly if you're doing something creative or actually arguably almost anything, um, mm. you can do better and more efficiently if you work fewer hours and you give yourself more time to think and you give yourself plenty of time to rest. And that was the basis of the idea behind the magazine. Uh, and, you know, this was 30 years ago, There was a kind of slacker movement, um, Generation X, uh, In the Air. You know, Nirvana were sort of big at the time. Um, We also had the rave culture here in England. So there was lots of sort of semi-underground kind of uh, anti-authoritarian movements, if you like. Uh, And that that fitted in well with the stuff I I, I really enjoyed in English literature. And our first interviewee in The Idler was uh, a guy who's now dead called Terence McKenna. Mm-hmm. Now I'll talk about being ahead of our time. He was recommending everyone take magic mushrooms, you know, mm-hmm. and that was in nineteen ninety three well it's a very mainstream idea now isn't it oh yeah, um, oh, and even yes. Silicon Valley is sort of getting involved and everyone says you know microdosing mm-hmm. so yeah we just uh, uh, you know it was a gang of people too uh I, I i gathered together a load of mates who were you know really talented and illustrators uh writers artists graphic designers, and we just put this thing together, but it did have this basic idea you know um that I felt that uh, it started from a personal thing, that the work ethic doesn't suit me. It's not because I don't like working. I, I, you know, if, if, if it's work I enjoy and I've chosen, I, um, I can very much enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something about the job system, um, mm-hmm. it didn't suit me. <laughs> <It's> too lazy. <laughs> I just like live in bed in the morning. So um, it's, it's really been a 30-year investigation in, into that, into how we work, how we live, what are our priorities. Mm-hmm. And so... The book was written in, as I said, about uh, 20 years ago. And I'd already had 10 years of magazine publishing of The Idler. This is our latest issue um, behind me. This is our first issue. I've got one here. Um,
1: Oh, my. Yes, look at him.
2: (laughs) So that was a long time ago. Not a very commercial cover. It's not really screaming (laughs) by me on the newsstands. But, you know, uh, we, we hopefully got a little bit better at the commercial side as the years went on. (laughs) um but yeah so it was it was really that it was it was thinking well if if i feel this probably other people think it too Mm. um and in fact when the book came out i got loads of letters and still do you know thank Mm. you because um people say well i'm you know i thought i was alone thinking like this uh Mm. and Mm. i think it's needed but you know it's actually not particularly original and these things have always been around i mean it goes back to you know socrates uh Mm. philosopher's it's even in 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 the bible you know jesus christ says slow down <laughs> quite a few yes. times like, you know don't worry <laughs> consider the lilies they tall not this sort of thing so yes. it's actually a sort of you know and really the book um is a sort of collection of uh you know my ideas but they're not really my ideas they're they're they're, they're, they're you know i'm resurrecting ideas that have been around for a long time and then and then what i would try to do is put in quite a lot of uh, literary and historical stuff that sort of backed up yes. my arguments you know so um mm. it could be Nietzsche who's saying people work too hard in the late nineteenth century or it could be you know Oscar Wilde was of the same view, mm. and it was quite mm. amazing going backwards you could you could trace this line of um men and women who have um put these ideas out there that you know this mortalizing is just your job
1: mm. oh my gosh, Tom so. Twenty years later, do you stand by everything in How to Be Idle? Because I know with time we kind of look back, we change and evolve. Or are you like, oh, if there's a twentieth twentieth uh, anniversary edition, maybe you'd change it or you'd update a couple of things? Like, how do you feel with this now, the content of this book?
2: Yeah, I, I think um, well, at the time of writing, I was perhaps a little tyrannical in, in some of the <laughs> the ideas, which were like, you know, um, uh, no dishwashers, no television. <laughs> uh, and my reading said, I thought this was supposed to be about being an idler, but you, you, you seem to be quite sort of puritanical, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I'll be maybe kind of slightly gentler in some of the things. And also, you know, over the years, a lot of readers have written in to say, Tom, I actually really like my job. Um, I don't mm. want to quit it. You know, quit your job, get out of the system. Right. Um and it's right. not that you know it's not that easy is it to um run your own business and to be a freelancer That there's lots of pressures and you don't get that regular paycheck and so on and so forth so mm-hmm. some you know so i think prop- a, a slight mellowing perhaps you know mm-hmm. um in some of the ideas because it's it's quite radical and the book that follows it too is quite radical i pick up a lot of radical ideas mm-hmm. um from you know past present and and uh, and, and ancient times as well mm-hmm. uh so, you know, at the one extreme, if you're thinking about uh, Greek philosophers, for example, you know, you got the example of someone like Diogenes, who just rejected absolutely all convention. Um, he didn't have a home. He didn't, you know, he didn't have a job. He uh, had sex in public. He gatecrashed parties. <laughs> he spat at the rich people. He stole their wine, you know, um, and, he, and he was in, in, he opposed himself to Plato, who he thought was really sort of boring. Um, mm. But Diogenes is still a popular philosopher. and You know, Diogenes has been cited by, you know, there's a, a, a Chinese movement that was in the press, uh, that was in the papers last year called Tang Ping, Lie Flat. Young mm-hmm. Chinese people are saying, actually, I don't want to work 90 hours a week. It's crazy. Like, leave me alone. I just want to work enough to sort of have a, have a nice life and, and have time mm-hmm. to read and reflect and hang out with my friends. Um, mm-hmm. And they cite yes. Diogenes. But not many people can really be a Diogenes, you know. And Aristotle, who came a bit later, he said, "Well, there's, there's there's a there's a medium, there, there, there's a halfway house. Um, it's not such mm-hmm. a sexy philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a bit of this, a bit of that, not too much. Um, so I think probably just a little bit more moderate, if that makes sense in in mm-hmm. some of the ideas. But but largely yes. no, I, I I you know, and it's it's very some sort of historical and literary book, So obviously those things haven't changed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, one thing that I would put put it put in now is um, social media because." Yes. Yeah, that was 93, uh, sorry, 2003. uh, It was, I mean, I remember writing a a long, long article attacking Facebook in 2008.
0: So 2003,
2: I don't think we had it at all. We did have email um, Mm -hmm. and we did have people who were worried about excessive screen time, hence, Mm -hmm. you know, not having a TV because we had young children in my case. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of these anxieties were around Yes. um but there's a whole new, new lot of anxieties have appeared then um uh you know for all basically sort of computer related you know um yes. now people worry about ai you know worrying about worrying about we worry about the effect of social media on our children mm-hmm. um and social media well for lots of reasons uh i'm sort of down on it i mean um i think one of them is just sort of personal. it, it kind of like took away my living Mm-hmm. some writers you know we used to be quite well paid N- not anymore because the you know facebook gets all its stuff basically essentially for nothing you know um the content creators we, we upload all our stuff on it and then they sell advertising
0: mm-hmm.
2: um my parents were in fleet street newspapers in the 70s and 80s it was a thriving business they sold a lot of ads and they were well paid you know
1: mm-hmm. um not now It's So much has changed, I know. So what would you say about social media in the book now if there were a a social media chapter? And I would just, I mean, love to read for the sake of any uh, listeners who haven't read this book. Here are some of the chapter names. I mean, Time for Tea, On Fishing, Smoking, The Pub, The Art of Conversation, Party Time on holidays I, mean, I just i can't get enough of this book i feel so seen reading this book uh, but what would you add if they were like in the age of social media what does tom have to say about that
2: it's it's really really difficult i mean um i've been through phases of being fairly sort of militant uh i mm-hmm. you know i had an idea with a friend that we would start a group called um we would start something called the anti-social network um <laughs> and this would be for businesses and individuals who refuse to engage with social media so you would have like a little logo a s n um like an anarchy (laughs) sign with an s in it or a snake something like that we didn't really get very far but i didn't really have the courage to do that in the end because so many of our readers um and staff and you know contributors everybody wants you to be on social media and they they, they like contributing to it because people like chatting Mm -hmm. they like you know, oh, oh no! I think this. I think that. No, 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 absolutely not. You know, um, mm. it's it's like they, whether by accident or design, the social media uh, owners, you know, Facebook, Twitter, etc., they they kind of stumbled on something that people just really enjoy it. You know, so I, I, I on the one hand, I sort of feel, uh, you know, and they say they wave their hands up and say, "Well, we don't do anything. If people don't want to use it, they wouldn't use it. It's not our fault. We've turned into the biggest multi million uh, billion dollar uh, advertising sales companies in the world you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: so on, that's on the one hand on the other hand you know i know that they really you know uh use behavior behaviorist techniques to manipulate our behavior that's why they mm-hmm. sell so much advertising because they are very good at you know mm-hmm. so they could yes. make people do things they could arguably even swing an election because they can you know uh, mm-hmm. trump can give, give facebook so much money
1: yes
2: that they can actually sort of with clever advertising sway that little tiny kind of central uh mm-hmm. column of ditherers mm-hmm. um uh so you don't it, it's probably quite a small number of people you actually need to really really attack with the advertising so it's mm-hmm. obviously a very very powerful uh uh medium and very powerful force so mm-hmm. my own personal uh you know the way I deal with it is that I don't have a smartphone mm-hmm.
0: and I think that gives
2: me a lot of free time and a lot of thinking time and it means they don't know where I am. You know, I'm not, I'm not being recorded. I'm not, not being listened to. I'm not being advertised out. I'm not being sent stuff, You know, so um, no WhatsApp, no nothing, no apps. I don't have a single app, uh, and you know, I can function perfectly well in the world. I, I have, have a, I have a, a laptop and a computer and a, you know, um, a dumb phone, flip phone, whatever you might call it, brick.
1: Yes, yes. And
2: uh, you know, it's okay. Uh, yeah. They, they, it's not. Life gets, you know more difficult and I I feel more and more like more lonely the loneliness of the dumb phone user I mean there aren't many of us left and when you find someone who is like you you sort of want to bond with them so
0: Mm.
2: that's not even realistic I know to say to people throw away your smartphones I've been saying that for years they don't listen (laughs) so um I I think you can do things yeah
1: it It would be be difficult
2: you know good people live their whole lives in it particularly younger people my children you know they live on their smartphones and so I don't know what to do about it I mean uh, regulators try, you know. Um, European regulators regulation is very slow,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: they 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 can do some good things to um, mm-hmm. stop the kind of cesspit. Uh, in Silicon Valley, they say oh, it's up to the individual. You you know, you if you want mm-hmm. to turn it off, you don't have to use it. No one's forcing you. We don't put a gun to your forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when there's so many people on it, there's this kind of like social pressure to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has some re- has some real downsides. I think the first step is just maybe sort of just be aware of the downsides um, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and then develop these techniques. I mean, I read one book. I mean, some of the techniques are fairly sort of basic or, you know, unsophisticated. Mm-hmm. I read one book where the guy said all he could think of, you know, like a very sophisticated writer was um, to buy a safe uh, with a timer, open the safe and put the, your phone in and turn it around so that you're not allowed to take it out for two hours. <laughs> You know, and that, that's, that seems a that bit extreme a to
1: me. It seems a bit extreme. extreme. Also,
2: you can't really carry the safe around with you. <laughs> you know, so that's not really going to work. Um, right. So right. I don't have any yeah. solutions at all. I, you know, you tell me I, I, yeah. what do your what do your listeners say. I mean, is it an issue? Mm.
1: It is an issue. And I I was also just recently reading that Gen Z are, are going back to Nokia, basic Nokia phones where they can only call and text because they're a real mental yeah. health problem. You know, they're a real they're, there's so much stress surrounding it. I mean like this. Oh, there we go. That that's it, Tom. Yes. You can just do the basics. Yes. Just the phone basics, calls, yeah. Phone calls and text. That's all that's yeah. required. So again, Really, so a-
2: that's that's quite encouraging, isn't it? If Gen Z are gonna are thinking along these lines, because I suppose they've there's my generation X, I think it is, and then the millennials. Well, the millennials, I guess, like, to me, they just look like a load of sort of um, sort of sheep-like beings, you know. They just sort of, like, like love the whole thing. And then the, the Gen Z, the next ones up, i like, hang on a second. You know, I don't really want to be sort of monitored. Also, it's kind of like a – they it, it, it's vanity. Um, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, you know,
2: it's like they say in Ecclesiastes in the Bible, vanity, vanity, all is vanity, all are striving under the sun. Um, and i think vanity uh, uh accounts our, our own natural vanity accounts for the success of social media to a really large degree um mm-hmm. you just want mm-hmm. to be look good sound good you know um be considered to be morally good uh and so mm-hmm. on um or you just want to like a kind of sounding off um i mean i don't what it feels like when it's something of the way that the you know the medium is the message there's something in the nature Mm -hmm. of twitter that makes you kind of angry like um Mm -hmm. when -hmm. people uh i don't know like this is an example Mm -hmm. we do a bit of social media um Mm -hmm. we have a kind of uh i try to delegate it to a younger person in the office but yes yes um, i do also do it myself sometimes but we do it via a kind of platform so you don't get too sucked in i think that's Mm -hmm. a good it's called hootsuite that's a good Mm -hmm. tip because you don't Mm -hmm. you don't see the fees you just mm-hmm. put your, uh, your post, you put, you put post. your post up, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, if if some if, if some if someone finds out about the Idler or my books um, through this, fine, and then they can click on our website, and that's the that's where we want to send them. But but Instagram mm-hmm. wants to keep you away from the website. They want to keep you on Instagram mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah. But I think who who uh, we we I did an article about um, mm-hmm. it was called Rage Against the Dishwasher. <laughs> Uh, that's something I, I put in the book that people really complained about and, uh, at festivals. So, you know, what are you talking about, idling? And now you're saying you've got to get rid of the dishwasher. Do you do all your <laughs> own washing up or does Victoria do it? Um, so I got these quite aggressive comments. and uh, But then our dishwasher broke down a couple of weeks ago
0: mm-hmm.
2: and we were hand washing for a couple of weeks. I was like, this is really nice. Why do we need the dishwashers? So I wrote a piece about it. Um, and then we, we put it on social media uh, I don't know why. But on Facebook, people said, "Oh, great, yeah, I, I hate dishwashers." And on mm. Instagram, they said, um, "You know, they got quite angry and aggressive." <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And You or start like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you start sort of like walking along the, middle, like, you know, inventing clever little comments in your head, <laughs> um, like clever little responses. You know, Come I know what back, I'm gonna say yeah. And, then, and that'll, <laughs> that'll, you know, that'll sort them out. And then they, but it, and then you, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Now they'll go away. And then they come back with some other horrible comic. you're like, What? You know um, <laughs> and then you gotta uh, think
1: about that. I know. You do to think about that.
2: And then it escalates <laughs> and then you're sort of I remember um taking my daughter on a um we drove up to Oxford when she was about eleven or twelve, and I wanted to take her on a kind of Lewis Carroll day out. Oh
0: yeah. Um Alice in Wonderland and
2: so nice. goes to the place where he actually sort of wrote the book or where he conceived it. Mm-hmm. Um with alice you know he was a young don in oxford in the late 19th century anyway mm-hmm. and i went up yeah. with my brother and his daughter um and it was a lovely beautiful day and we were rowing down the river with our daughters Aww. you know like with a picnic and yeah. um through christchurch meadows and i thought this is lovely and then my phone made beep you know and i got there was this really nasty comment on twitter <laughs> about something i said and i was
0: like
1: that's not really nice it can ruin your day. Like it can exactly. really put it can really put a sour mood. Like it can really implement something that when you're having a very pleasant day down the river with a picnic with your child, like yeah. enjoying. So no, I I completely understand and agree with like the oh just the uh, the intrusion of it all and the convenience, like the balance of it all. It's I think it's always gonna be a bit of a question and handled a bit differently by different people. But yeah. so you think got about, to sort you know, of, yeah,
2: Sorry, you, mean, yeah, you, you've got to sort out your own sort of um your own uh, yeah your, your own way of dealing with it
1: your own and, vibe you know,
2: yep and but if you sort of recognize that um there could be an issue it could be hurting your you know mental health um
1: oh yes mm-hmm.
2: then there are things you can do you can you can do things about it um
1: and you don't and require a say if you can just put it in a drawer it's allowed you can, you also can just, just put it, in it drawer. off <laughs> and uh, we've we, we got
2: some we've got contributors who are very successful sort of people in the world comedians in london and you know mm-hmm. uh in england um, one called Adam the one called Stuart Lee, and you know they they've done really well. They they don't have they're not on social media.
1: They don't have to it's,
2: be on it. You know they they have they have a successful public career. They do podcasts or whatever. You know they've been on mm-hmm. TV, and but they yes. just can't be bothered. Um, I, a lot a of actresses, you know,
1: yeah, a lot of actresses don't either. And and one of them even said recently that she thinks she's missing out on roles because really? she hasn't got the yeah the following to post and engage. But you yeah. know, like so, Tom, I live in America. Right. And America is the hardworking like, country, right? We pride ourselves yeah. on getting it done and efficiency yeah. and there are a thousand productivity apps. And I think we go to bed with either peace in our heart or angst based on, you know, how much, we, how much output there was that day and not output that frankly isn't monetized. Right. It's like the, yeah. what did I do? How, what did I do to make money? How many hours did I put in? And I love truly like how to be idle is such a must read. And, you know, um, I've sent, I've, like I said, I've, I've given many friends a copy, especially those who I think really need it but I've just been with you like from day one I'm just like thank you so much it's
2: great thanks for you know contacting uh, me and everything it's really nice to hear
1: I'm buying I'm I'm picking up (laughs) what you're putting down Tom let me tell you can I tell you a couple of funny things I would like to, I have to share these. Uh, I shared with a a therapist friend of mine. I was like, this book, How to Be Idle. I sent her a couple of snapshots of, you know, lying in bed, uh, having a a drink in the morning, going for a walk, making time to think. All these things that people feel very guilty doing, I I was like, I was like, "Isn't this amazing? Like this other way of being?" Because people think I'm strange, Tom, and I want to tell you a bit more about that in a moment. And and I was like, "Isn't this amazing? It's like a a revolution. Like the relaxed. I I speak often in terms of women because they're largely my people, my audience. But I'm like the way that we describe women. It's like she's fearless. She's you know she's a badass. She's um, she uh, gets it all done. She's da 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 da. And I'm like, what about the relaxed woman? Hmm." Like it's a rebellion. It feels like yeah. you know. Uh, what about the relaxed women? And what about like the, shy, the shy done? women?
0: Mm. You know, some
2: people are shy. Uh, yeah, I think that this I, I could slightly blame Cheryl um, Sandberg for all this sort of thing.
0: Oh, you know, interesting.
2: Have you ever Lean Lean In? Yes, Lean In. Um, mm. You know, and that became a bit of a sort of cult hit with um, women who felt it was a kind of feminist statement. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like much of a feminist statement to me because it felt more like a. a it felt more like. Um, uh, how to uh, how to do well within a large corporation. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. You know, that's yes. not
2: necessarily the same thing as like feeding your soul, is it? Uh,
0: no. It was like,
2: you know, um, you know what? She lent in, she asked for a raise, <laughs> she got that raise. Way, way, you know. Uh, it was a bit this sort of culty thing. And um, I thought coming from a woman who is, you know, a very, very aggressive uh, executive on a on a very, very aggressive large, you know, um social media company mm-hmm. um was all a bit of a colon. I just remember thinking then you know well is that you know my mum's kind of one of these I mean my mum's was very very sort of uh and still is she was a, a huge feminist and uh mm-hmm. her thing is that she always had to earn more than my dad um mm-hmm. so she competed with him and she, she you know and so I, I did grow up with that um mm-hmm. and uh and he says, well, everyone has to sort of work hard and, you know, um whereas my dad kind of dropped out and became a sort of meditating yogi type. Mm. Um so I had these two sort of influences. Uh but yeah, I think that Yeah, the the nobility of of rest, um, mm. the nobility of idleness should be sort of um heavily promoted. There's quite an interesting a uh, woman who does something called the ministry the, the nap ministry um mm-hmm. in the states and she's mm-hmm. a black woman who's saying that you know that this is this really is a sort of excellent form of sort of rebellion um mm-hmm. against a sort of so-called patriarchy or whatever yes um mm-hmm. and you know it's very similar to what we've been saying in the idler this is a, a way of you know grabbing back some of your own time because if you're working very hard uh again you know so some people it suits i'm not telling anyone what to do you know yes. it's not like a sort of an ideology or anything i'm just thinking yes. out aloud really i know yes. some people like working really hard and they love their jobs and fine i mean that's great i'm yeah. not gonna you exactly. know i'm not gonna sort of force them to quit or anything but mm-hmm. but there are lots of people who you know they find work you know stressful difficult um mm. and uh, 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 sort of worrying yeah, and um, this is the, this is
1: a country of the two week vacation per year too. Like this is it's the back even I know. Yeah, I, I it's... Want to, and on to people aren't taking it. Like it's yeah. <laughs> And when I when I shared this um, book, uh, some snippets from your book with a therapist friend of mine, she works with a lot of high achieving women, and you're we talking about all the things that you talk about, right? The Loafers Manifesto, How to Be Idle. She's like, Susie, that book sounds like depression. <laughs> like the the idea yeah. of, uh the idea well, of uh, not being in a rush taking your time like even enjoying a hangover I mean I just thought this is so this is so good she's like that book sounds like a book about depression and I'm like no it's the no. opposite and I can but tell But th- there Tom, is something
2: in that isn't there like the, you know because yeah. for some people if they stop they they and start to think about their lives they start getting depressed so
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know rushing around is a way of avoiding actually kind of inspecting the contents of your own soul yes um and idling could be could turn into brooding or melancholy mm-hmm. you know melancholic reflection
0: mm-hmm. um
2: and uh you know a, a, an ode on melancholy by keats mm-hmm. you know that, that's a, a, but you know so that I sort of think well yes it's actually a very cheerful book as you know yeah. Um, oh
1: it's so and, funny you know, like it's such a good book
2: yeah and, and <laughs> you, you know stopping doesn't mean getting depressed but i do recognize that you know idleness and melancholy can be related i mean dr johnson was really a, a, a depressive mm-hmm. so what your friend is saying is like you know well, what you mean sort of you know when you can't get out of bed all day that means you're sort of depressed and you can't you know and that's 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 sloth <laughs> isn't it that's a, that's just one of the seven, the deadly, deadly, sin. sins yes! the seven deadly sins and that's like you know depression. And the fact before it was called sloth, it was called depression. That sin. It. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called acedia, which is the Greek word for depression and misery. You can't be able to get out of bed. You know, you can't go to go and say your prayers. Um, mm-hmm. So there is, you know, she's compl- absolutely right. There is a sort of a there is a link actually. Um, but what I trying to do in the book is like I've got a, a version of um, idling, which is actually quite positive and quite cheerful, and actually could lead to all sorts of activity because you know. Uh, the, the most constant criticism I've had since we started this is, "Oh well, you say you're an idler, but you you seem to work incredibly hard with these magazines, books, and um, mm. you know uh, we're doing a festival, we do online courses, we have a school, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you know yeah. there's, there's quite a lot of stuff going on." Um, and so being idle is is not necessarily exactly the same thing as being lazy or slothful because mm-hmm. what she's talking about is when you give up on life um and you can't bother to do anything and nothing there seems no point in anything well i'm sure we've all felt like that at times Mm -hmm. um and i think when that happens you should embrace it and sort of wait for it to go away rather than rather than just taking prozac anyway but that's another issue but uh, it's it's
1: such an it's such an interesting thing that when i was kind of celebrating some of these ideas and why don't we have a little rest and i mean I have a corporate background and kind of like when I was mentioning that you're ahead of your time, the startup or the most recent startup that I worked for was bought by the some, same company that uh, bought the Huffington Post. And really? Ariana Huffington is this big proponent of sleep. She wrote the sleep revolution. She's on the sleep council. Mm. And there was a nap room that no mm. one used. From <laughs> <Yeah. me. laughs> but I well was in there like, thank you, Tom. I was yeah, like, I'm using this great. room. It exists for I a I mean, Ariana
2: twice. Huffington should have been coming down and giving you some kind of award for that.
1: I, I agree. You know, and I mean, I, and I was like, I'm in the nap room, guys. Like, and there's a sign. I'm like, you know, I, I'm in there. And I think everyone else was too scared. And I'm like, well, I've got to model it then somehow for people. And I remember, Tom, yeah. in my nine to five, right? My nine to mm. five job, I didn't know what took eight hours a day. Yeah. Like, I really, I, well, I, so I'm ambitious and I'm an idol. Yeah like they coexist yeah they coexist very
2: very closely I mean you know Mm -hmm. John Lennon is an idler I mean there are lots of very Mm -hmm. very successful idlers out there because Mm -hmm. and entrepreneurs are often idlers because as you say you know I I remember the the last job I had um a very similar experience like you know I can do this in four or five hours Mm um I actually quite you know I I was working at the Guardian newspaper in the 90s um Mm -hmm. it was a great job uh eventually my partner then um and I left and we quit we set up on our own but Mm -hmm. um I know exactly what you mean about the eight hours in the office it just seemed to be sort of a bit of a waste of my time some people Mm -hmm. uh played the game the corporate uh the kind of the court games like being at a court you know the office politics and so on Mm -hmm. Gavin and I we we just enjoyed doing the work itself and we we you know we worked hard I really enjoyed it um me too. But yeah, it 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 was an in, it seemed a very inefficient, uh, you know, we um, uh, were spending time a lot of the time. We're sort of sitting there like pretending to work and not really doing anything, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yes, but we were also ambitious. We wanted to do our own thing, you know, um, yeah, write books and run things, own things, you know, this sort of thing. Uh, yes. It doesn't have to be massive, but exactly. I thought sort of, I'd rather kind of like be the sort of in charge of something small than a, a cog in something enormous you know um oh
1: exactly and isn't everything measured by i mean we used to be paid like per bushel for example right <laughs> and, and it's like per hour and yeah. or, or that's kind of pretty much how it equates and i yeah. think to myself now tom people think that i'm very strange because i work from my bed i don't have a desk i don't have a yeah. desk <laughs> yeah. and i'm like i'm a genius i get we're, to we're going to give you
2: a I mean, if Ariana Huffington didn't give you a award, then we're going to, definitely.
1: Yes, please. But people are like, well, how do you da 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 And I'm like, well, I'm lying down. And that's how I like to do it. And then people yeah. think it's very... I also watch a lot of television. I know that's a form of media. And I love to have just completely free days where I like to go yeah. to lunch. I like to walk around. Yeah. I like... We don't call the pubs here, but I like to go to the bar. I like to yeah. have a drink. I like to just chat with the bartender idly yeah. in no rush. Have nothing in particular to do, like but also, I,
2: Lisa, that, that stuff will feed back into your other work, won't it?
1: Oh, oh you know, my gosh! You, you
2: know, oh. so, so it, it, that's when we get ideas when we're sort of free flowing. It's not mm-hmm. when you're kind of like sitting at a keyboard and you know, um, you yes. might do do as well, but uh, mm-hmm. you, you, we need that sort of time to go off and do other stuff. And even even from the you know utilitarian mindset point of view, mm-hmm. um, from any point of view, it's mm-hmm. a good idea because you know. Um, You're happier, you're rested, you've got more time for other stuff, but also Mm -hmm. actually you work better. It's like, you know, uh, doctors. I mean, just very simply put, Mm -hmm. uh, would you rather have a doctor who um, had just started?
1: Was exhausted. uh, Yeah, or Mm -hmm.
2: was at the end of a 90-hour week. It's like, no way. I don't want a doctor who's at the end of a 90-hour week, you know. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, So doctors should work, you know, three or four days a week. They should have a shorter working week. The working Mm -hmm. week should be sort of 30 to 35 hours. I mean it's actually happening a bit here you know so so going back to the kind of broader kind of thing um as i said not everybody uh has got perhaps the uh, the right sort of personality or whatever it is to, to do what you've done and, and get out of the corporation and, and set off on your own and just you know um mm-hmm. that's what i've done too and so i've worked with my partner victoria um so we've done that i don't think we've had proper jobs since 1997.
1: <laughs> I know it's in your bio. Yeah. I love it. Tom's last job in 1997.
2: <laughs> ah! But you know, I, I can also see I've got friends who, you know, they, they 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 work for a big company. There's some advantages, you know. She says, um, yep. my friend Rebecca works in a, for a, a a big corporation, um, uh in sort of communications. I, I don't actually understand what she does, <laughs> um. But, you know, she said it's quite nice, it's well paid and, you know, they look after you, you've got assistance, you've got sort of expenses, you've got a nice office and all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's also fine. But I do think, uh, uh, you know, so, you know, from when we started this and when I wrote the book and so on, if this is this something that you have to work out individually or um, for yourself and just quit, quit, you know, um, and, and ignore the politicians. Or is there also a campaign to be done in general, uh, like a sort of Labour campaign, um, you know, anti-Amazon campaign or whatever it is, you know, trade unions. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also believe in that at the same time, so that, you know, we'd like to encourage some people to take the step if they want to, to, you know, quit their job. And I think the magazine and the books do help people to take that final step sometimes. Mm -hmm. It might have been something else they would have found to, you know, to help them to do that. But also, you know, I, I, I'm following the four day week campaign here. We, were, you, you said about being head of the times. I mean, we've been writing about the four day week in the idler for decades. Uh, mm. And I don't know whether it's come to the States yet, but uh, mm. yeah, there's been a lot of talk about it. And there have been a friend of mine, who's a professor at Cambridge is uh, running you know, really serious trials of like 70,000 people and things like this. Mm. Um, big companies are doing it. Banks are going down to a four day week, you know, and generally, they say, it's great, you know, um, the Tory politician is the right wing here. say, so, well, this is absolutely disgraceful. I mean, what are they going to do? Is it everything closed on Friday, and what are they going to do with all this free time? Because they're going to sit around watching pornography, aren't they? But, <laughs> actually, people, that's what they do say, that. and um, they, you know, they, they should be told to work, and work is very important. Um, you know, so there's a kind of political thing going yes. on. Uh, yeah, of course, the people who own all the shares, who own all the companies, want to promote a work ethic because uh, yes. they make lots of money out of it by doing nothing, themselves mm-hmm. sitting around, you know. So um mm-hmm. it tends to be the sort of factory owners, bosses, big shareholders and everything who are promoting the work ethic. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there's this four-day week campaign that's come in. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's got a lot of, you know, it's got a lot of potential. And mm-hmm. philosophers Bertrand Russell was talking about it in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Maynard Keynes, who was the great economist, he was talking about look, a, a shorter working week. That's very, very sensible. It's very achievable. Um mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be instant, it can go from 40 to 35 hours and then to 34, yes. you know, gradual. You know, In early 19th century, the working week, there was a, an act that came in, you know, I think in 1947, um, 10 years after Victoria came to the throne,
0: mm-hmm. an
2: act, uh, and they had real problems getting this through.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: uh, it was nicknamed the 10 Hours Act. It was called the Factory Act or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it was asking, uh, I mean, you know, how soft is this it was asking that the working week um be reduced be made a maximum of 60 hours for women and children under 12 okay that was the first step so in other words children working children under 12 were working more than 60 hours a week in factories and it took them 15 years to get that through because the tories were going no no ridiculous we'll lose all our money you know um the children love working. They love working in the factories every day on a, on a hand loom and getting their hands chopped off and so on and so forth, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, it's like, as the years go by, um, that was the worst period probably for work, was the first half of the 19th century. I mean, it got really, really mad. There was no controls. Uh, and the, the, the new machinery, the new Industrial Revolution, um, at the same time, it was being promoted by the Calvinists, the Protestants. You know, why is America uh why is america in, in a way the sort of home of the work ethic well it's a very successful country you know so yeah the, the work ethic does work in
0: mm-hmm.
2: from you know from from some perspectives
0: mm-hmm. but
2: historically speaking um as you know you know it was because we uh we had a puritan uh, Protestant revolution here in, in the uk
0: mm-hmm.
2: um they tried to ban all our fun like christmas uh, back, mm-hmm. uh, uh you know uh, maypoles um, feast days and holidays and things and uh and in, uh, you know install this sort of uh quite brutal work ethic in its place and they were doing quite well but then it all went backwards because Cromwell after Cromwell um the king came back on the throne
0: mm-hmm.
2: and roughly speaking I mean there'll be historians out there who will correct me but you know very mm-hmm. roughly speaking it was the Puritans uh who felt that you know we'd gone backwards in this country we'd gone backwards to medieval Christianity to Catholicism
0: mm-hmm. and
2: they wanted to have the chance to sort of you know uh, get away from the old this old-fashioned system mm-hmm. um hence you know uh sailing to uh new york the, the puritans in boston um the mayflower and so on and so forth and that is that work ethic is kind of at the basis of american culture and yeah you can argue it's been successful i mean americans have actually have an incredibly high average wage uh mm-hmm. much higher than the uk almost double um mm-hmm. the ones with jobs <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um but also it's,
2: mm-hmm. at the same time it's a fairly brutal country isn't it i mean i was in
0: mm.
2: manhattan and brooklyn in march mm-hmm. uh, the poverty is unbelievable mm-hmm. yeah a lot of people are sort of left out of the system uh look mm-hmm. at the homeless people in on the streets in san francisco mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. You know, venice beach uh mm-hmm. cities across mm-hmm. america this weird weird sort of homeless encampments and things that are springing up um mm-hmm. So it's those two things, you know. I'm a uh, all my visits to America it, have been wonderful because all the people are so kind of courteous and warm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also this quite sort of brutal, like you say, like two weeks a uh, year off work, if, if that, you know. And it's um, I
1: think it's, it's a it's weird, weird combination. Worse yeah I think it's even worse now too because you know a lot of people are working from home like pandemic the pandem- pandemic created for us and a lot of people aren't going back to offices or they are part time so there's no actual boundary either it's like your laptops that, that's on your kitchen table or that if you do have a home office or whatever it may be uh, we just we don't have any boundaries and yeah. I feel as if uh, when I read this book or reread this book which I love to do you can see I've got highlights here some of my favorite sayings <laughs> from you <laughs> i I just feel like i I come back to myself. It's like very permission giving for me because sometimes I feel a bit shamed, Tom. Maybe it's just something yeah. in my own feeling, but it's um. So, hey, what are you up to? I'm like I'm lying down. <laughs> <laughs> but also think think about this, Tom, my best ideas, right? And if you want to just put this in a monetary mm-hmm. sense, it can be a mm-hmm. 20 minute conversation on the phone with somebody that can be, at, m- that can transform my year or something that I implement that takes maybe a couple of days of a lot of just momentum from me that can pay off for two or ye- two years, three years. So mm-hmm. it's not the time allotted to the idea or the, uh, the requirement of, and look, there is work involved. Like you said, it's not, you're not to negate, like to, uh, to criticize or to judge anyone who loves to work. Cause I also love to work. It's my favorite thing, uh, but mm. it's not, it doesn't come from sitting and just, you know, just hoping and just on my laptop crouched over her, you know, and, we see too like uh, there are so many studies now so many books about how women especially are becoming sick because we we're mm. pleasing others we're stepping in we take on too much we can't say no and and it's causing physical illness in our body there's so much mm. research about it so when i come back to how to be idle i'm mm. like i'm doing the right thing by my health by taking care of uh, having a rest and not pushing and you know what not not attending everything that I'm invited to and frankly not saying yes to every opportunity just because I know it will make money
2: yeah well that's great because that's really what I was trying to do and um mm -hmm. you know and by quoting uh you know really great thinkers on this subject going Mm -hmm. you know who have been around forever Mm -hmm. um that's what I was trying to do like giving people sort of a license I mean, I remember when I was writing, I was like, I was was like, I hope this book ends up in the hands of a sort of Mm -hmm. 17-year-old, like a kind of smart Alex 17-year-old in an English (laughs) class. And the English teacher says something about hard work and they go, well, actually, I think you'll find Nietzsche, sir. Uh, So blah, 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 you know. So I want to give people a bit of, actually, you know, a bit of intellectual stuff um, Mm -hmm. and some historical stuff uh, Mm -hmm. to, uh, as you say, you know, back up this uh, thing that it's actually, you know, it's irresponsible in a way to be not lazy, to, uh, you know, to be not to, to work too hard. I mean, mm-hmm. who are you helping? You're helping the boss. Um, mm-hmm. What about your, you know, your partner and your children and your friends and, as mm-hmm. you say, your own physical health, your own mental health and your soul? What's more mm-hmm. important? Like, you know, making a lot of money um, and, uh, uh, you know, working 90 hours a week. Or I know people get a kick out of it, fine, you know. Mm-hmm. um but it's just, maybe that, I didn't know that that happened to men, to women. I mean, I knew that men, mm-hmm. you know, it literally men die. They just mm-hmm. fall down dead from heart attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, work is killing people all over the world. You know, uh, the UN, they have a division called the International Labour Organization.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and they did a report, you know, it's, just, it's actually a serious issue, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because it's about, it's really a sort of fundamental thing about how you actually want to live your life um and also is to fight against exploitation so um uh in the workplace in the states and uk and all over the world because the international labor organization they do this research every few years um and they say that uh and ted the the head of it or well, who was the head um so this is outrageous jobs are literally killing people jobs literally work they said from their research, and this is like not a kind of weird wacko conspiracy theory organization It's the if the u n um, mm-hmm. killed two million people each year, you know, and that's wow. like you know war, war and terrorism drugs don't come anywhere near that um
1: so overwork overwork is doing this from
2: overwork and some yeah. of these industrial accidents or you know mm. uh, breathing in fumes um mm it's uh you know it's sort of tiredness on uh, in work you think about all the sort of miners around the world Who, who's mining the stuff that goes in the phones you know um who's working yeah. in data centers where when you send a tweet um it's using up electricity in a gigantic kind of uh room full of computers with fans blowing on them you know the, the data center is a huge, huge huge user of electricity in the world we don't we, we don't see it because you know you put something on youtube you don't realize that there's a someone's digging coal in the arizona desert in order to kind of fuel a a fan that's cooling down an enormous computer that's kind of you know in mm-hmm. delaware or like a, a in a in a warehouse the size of a field of t- mm-hmm. several fields you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so yeah so, so that that is an important issue and um mm-hmm. i'm really glad that the UN, um puts these figures out they don't yeah. seem to get reported very much but yeah it's heart mm-hmm. attacks it's heart. it's mainly heart disease i think um mm and sickness and illness, uh, mm-hmm. that th- th- they can directly, and if you think they, uh, and statistically, you know, that's going to be sort of fairly sort of tight, actually, um, mm-hmm. You because know, they're not going to, that's where they've actually found evidence of a direct correlation between the work that you do and the fact that you died prematurely. That, that's the key thing, it says premature deaths, um, wow. so younger than you would have sort of naturally died, mm-hmm. and it's caused by your job. Well, think about all the other people who are just collect like, mildly, you know, depressed by it, or even just mildly depressed. Mm-hmm. It must be a lot more than two million, you know, mm-hmm. around the world. So, so yeah, I, I agree with. There should be some sort of a revolution in work. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I agree, and and I think to myself, Tom, you know, there are some people who naturally have more agency, right? So, if you work for yourself, or if you have a bit more of a flexible career, uh, I understand that's different. If you have like a boss who works with you in an office, and there are you know times allotted. And in addition to that, I think we've got to take what we can get when we can get it. I mean, the way that I think about it is even if I'm in a very busy season of work, is it possible that one day I could still maybe cancel a couple of non-urgent meetings and just go for a walk and have lunch and be unhurried? And that's not possible all the time. But I've realized too over over time that I I am the one stopping myself from doing a lot of things. Like it's me. I mean, I am able to do that probably more often than I even do, but I'm just in this, oh well, that's lazy, that's wrong, that's letting people down. That's and mm. I'm I lean to what, I mean, and I'm a huge fan of how to be idle. You know, so I can imagine mm. that most people they never give themselves that permission. They are just just trying to please everybody, tick the boxes, like get it done and onto the next day. And when you say like, you know, your soul, your time, like there's a, where's the time for even contemplation yeah. it's we're just trying to make it through the week
2: and it, p- people did get it or, or, or a lot of people still do get it from um, you know from from, from religious practice
1: mm-hmm.
0: so
2: you know mm-hmm. that that did provide it for a lot of people mm-hmm. um, but also for a lot of people now it's not such a thing um mm-hmm. you know you mentioned the sabbatical and then mm-hmm. Sundays you know the shops were closed on Sundays <laughs> once. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, it was a pretty miserable day for a lot of people. The the, yes, the, yes. the miserable Sabbath Sunday, you know, where you weren't allowed to play ball games and so on. Um, but the, the, the churches uh, and, um, you know, all, all religious places, you know, the the synagogues and the temples and the, you know, the mosques or whatever, Um mm-hmm you might you know, they did at least provide this other uh other world you know a, a different world because which you know i call it the utilitarian world versus the romantic world so mm-hmm. the utilitarian world yes we do need to look we, we need to look after that we need to have enough money we need to sort of work and you know uh the practical things uh have to be done um but if you, if you put too much into that, then other stuff gets neglected, doesn't it? So the, the sort of what I'll call the things you've just been talking about, the sort of more romantic sides of life. Mm-hmm. And also going back to the earlier point, yes, we do need to take responsibility for ourselves and, and our own decisions. Um, mm-hmm. We've chosen to do these things. I mean, an example I have in one book is uh, people, uh, people complain about their mortgage, don't they? Um, mm-hmm. Or about their job. Mm -hmm. and i sort of think well actually you took that mortgage out you knew how much you were going to be paying back per month oh god Mm -hmm. i'd I'd like to be rewarded, if i got this massive mortgage you know Mm -hmm. um well i don't want to tell you what to do but could you have lived in a kind of slightly smaller house Mm -hmm. so your payments were kind of slightly less and you didn't moan about your mortgage so it's the funny thing that people take on these commitments Mm -hmm. uh and they then complain about them as if those commitments have been placed on them by an mm-hmm. outside force. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, mm-hmm. I'd love to, uh, you know, come to the, you know, take it off the offer, like I, you know, can't because blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But actually, when you look through it, a lot of the time, I, I, as I said, I'm not, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a other a whole other side to this, which is about labor practices and uh management and you know how businesses are organized three, four, five day weeks and all that sort of thing and uh, you know, office cultures. Um e- Elon Musk, you know, he's not much of a help in this, is he? He's like, mm-hmm. Well, I just work hundred hours a week. Why can't everyone else? Um so you know, I get that I get there's a lot a lot of pressure coming from everywhere. Social media, there's a lot of pressure from consumers and from other people. You know, so it's it is hard to resist it um but you can you can take responsibility for yourself I and mean, that's what they say in existentialist philosophy Sartre, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he was saying well you might not want to but the sort of existentialist man he said it's something like this i can't remember the exact mm-hmm. quote but you know he feels the sort of burden of the world on his shoulders mm-hmm. um i'm saying his to mean his or her by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> um yes. or, or there um yes. Yes. so you know people uh if you're sort of somehow if you're a bit sort of awakened um and i think you know i just came back from a festival we had uh a very nice writer called lisa miller talking um he's written a book about you know uh science and spirituality
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you know she said that spiritual people spiritually achieved people are happier healthier and so on and so forth and it needs time to do that doesn't it because mm. um you need to put a bit of time into yourself it, it's not exactly it's not exactly me time in the you know, me time sounds a little bit like a bit, a bit sort of selfish. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that's another point, is that when you, um, I mean, when I when I was at my most kind of, when I was doing uh, sort of, like the shortest uh, working week probably of my, you know, career, not really a career, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. uh, so far was when I was writing that book actually, and the couple of books mm-hmm. that followed it. And I was thinking about four hours a day, and quite naturally, I got really involved with um community stuff uh mm-hmm. i was on the village hall committee <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> um, yeah. we got involved
2: in the local music festival and things like this and you know they, they did quite a lot of things that were completely pointless in a way like just community stuff that no one was going to run any money out of it but it was just done for its own sake you know
0: mm-hmm. So i
2: think that's another thing that i mean older people certainly find that don't they that they when yeah. they have less work to do they start naturally getting involved in community stuff mm-hmm. um so there's space, there's there's not space the benefit to idling,
1: you know, yeah, there's I mean, I'd love to just randomly open the book at a couple of my favorite um and just read out a couple of my favorite expressions and discuss them with you. How does that sound?
2: Fantastic, thanks so much
1: <laughs> I love it, okay, um, let's see what we have here, ah uh skiving this that's an english word in america we say playing hooky uh skiving play, is uh, playing it,
2: hooky that's it yeah, playing, i tried to think yeah. what it was the
1: other day yeah <laughs> it's a strange expression <laughs> playing hooky Skyving, you say is a direct act of revolt against the arid philosophies of living that we're indoctrinated with at school and at work the notion of suffering now pleasure later well this way of thinking is an anathema to your idler he can't wait until tomorrow. He believes that the deferral of pleasure in the service of an imaginary future of stability is a bourgeois myth. <laughs> Therefore, he decides to seize the day and takes off. Skyving is an expression of the individual uh, Skyving is an expression of the individual or set against the oppressing machine. Skyving is living in the moment. It is freedom. <laughs> it is at once a nose, thumb to authority, and a pleasure in itself. <laughs> oh, can I tell you one time I, I on a Monday I insta story that I I was at the movies <laughs> and I'm like it's one o'clock and there's no one here this is the best time to come to the movies <laughs> and I was met with what like uh, uh and I was like I just decided to come here today it's what I fancied Skyving, let's say what say you about skyving now I I, I <laughs> it's the best
2: <laughs> I, I, I even feel a little bit yeah I, I, I just, that, that bit was sort of really based on when I when I had full-time jobs you know so um yes. So is obviously a bit different when you don't have a job because you've got nothing to skive off from in a way. Yes. Um, but I still think you can do it sometimes, and um, uh, and quite enjoy it. I, I mean, I I went to a sort of slightly more puritanical phase where I thought, well, actually, skiving is. Uh, you, you could argue that skiving is sort of irresponsible in a way because you've sort of you you made an agreement with an employer, haven't you? Um, mm-hmm. you, know, <laughs> you might mm-hmm. turn out to regret the agreement later. but You did it. <laughs> <laughs> they they also made a degree with you you know you're going to do this certain amount of hours you know mm-hmm. so if you sort of defraud them um by skiving off maybe that's not responsible and you should just sort of um uh you know you should um quit the job and do something else i i i, I think that's a little bit but also mm-hmm. you know i think if you're a freelance person self employed um yeah you can still enjoy a bit of a skive skyf- uh, go for a cycle ride at lunchtime.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: um Leave a bit earlier, or we sometimes you know could, could spend a day at home. Actually, we ha- we have an office. um mm-hmm. The two of us sort of go back and forth. Uh, it's a twenty-minute bicycle ride from where we live. um mm-hmm. So sometimes we just sort of end up staying at home. That's quite nice. Sometimes mm-hmm. we come to the office. uh But yeah, I think you can. Skiving could be a sign that you're not really enjoying your work. Um, but if you really enjoy skiving, then you can mm-hmm. sort of, and you're a freelancer, you could sort of do. Like pretend skydiving, as you said.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I also think too. Sometimes the the work that we that we need to do it, it has different, like it, it requires different periods of time. And there are periods where we're just free. But instead of just maybe enjoying it or doing something a little different, we're just kind of uh, just refreshing our email and uh, kind of chipping away at work that really isn't due for a long time. Or like th- these things can just happen. But sometimes the idea of something just spontaneous and fun, it's like you know, with your kid, your parents are like, your mom's like, you know to go to school today we're just gonna you know watch tv and yeah and it's, it's like david
2: bowie in Kooks, isn't it you know we're, we're, we'll throw <laughs> it on the far and take the car downtown you know if your homework gets you down and oh. they'll like, yeah that, that's such a lovely feeling isn't it it's like a lovely it's a song love, it's like um, it's better
1: than christmas you know it's, it's
2: better like, than christmas yeah yeah <laughs> christmas is all planned oh, uh yeah. you it's allowed yeah
1: mm-hmm.
2: um just to do that occasionally yeah you're absolutely right it's, it's it's really good not too much in the case of my children who one of them right. to school
1: I know, like, don't anybody else do it, but um, a little little here and there, I just, I feel like it's good for the soul. Um, Another thing you say here is about napping. You say, the nap has a deserved reputation for its spiritual benefits. The founders of great world religions were dedicated nappers, and indeed, it was during their roadside dozes that their visions often came. The nap is sort of an easy version of meditation. Jesus was an idler. Buddha was definitely an idler. Naps (laughs) can even be (laughs) life-saving.
0: sorry oh, i'm laughing up. at my
2: own stuff um, oh, very good very very well played. that's very well written there, talk, yeah. you wrote that yeah um, uh, yeah i think that you know and uh, i mean it's true isn't it because it's, just, it's mm-hmm. true uh I, 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 also but particularly if you're going through a very stressful period you know, going through a hard-working mm-hmm. period you need those naps even more mm-hmm. victoria and i had a period um when uh <laughs> we made the mistake of opening a coffee shop and bookshop which uh, mm-hmm. offered uh, events in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the evening, we might have a choir, a ukulele classes, um, a history lesson, something you know, a, a, a book launch, or a, a literary talk, or a philosophical mm-hmm. talk. So two, three, four times a week, there was an event, and the shop was open from sort of ten to six, but often from ten till about nine or ten.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway uh wow well, that was I went from like four hour days to 14 hour days like virtually mm. overnight um mm. and um that was really tough and I really you know I, I, the naps were really life-saving then mm. um I don't know what how I could have coped without the naps Winston Churchill I mentioned in the book you know he said I don't know yeah. how I could have coped with the pressures of the second world war if I hadn't had a proper sleep every afternoon um mm. he said was, he was talking more he wasn't you know, he wasn't indulging himself. He was saying you get two full working days per day
0: mm-hmm. if you have a
2: nap. Mm-hmm. So there is a, you know, there's a kind of a work ethic-y argument in favour of them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think also, I just think it's so enjoyable. It's so luxurious, you know, after lunch, um, just to lie on your back on a bed um, mm-hmm. and um, and just sort of drift off for 20 minutes. I mean, in, in the office, I guess do it uh uh, design fault uh, in idle office no sofa i don't know how we let that happen um
0: mm-hmm.
2: but we have got a chair with a high back and you can just you, you can sort of drift <laughs> off and um that's really nice i sometimes do that in the office uh, so yeah i think naps naps are really important and and they they, they are the um at the at the foundation of some incredibly good ideas uh mm-hmm. you know, and what was newton or going for a walk uh, he wasn't having a nap but newton was going for a walk when you know the apple fell on his head there, there were lots mm-hmm. of examples einstein had a period of real laziness you know before he started working for three four years he just sort of drifted he lived with his parents mm-hmm. they didn't know what he was going to do with his life you know? mm-hmm. um it, there were countless examples of this you know um they uh a a nap drifting off um daydreaming you know Mm. uh these could lead to sort of scientific breakthroughs entrepreneurial breakthroughs great ideas um for moving civilization forward um Mm. creative ideas uh new notions of new things that come together or or just like you know a good idea for what i'm going to cook or how i'm going to do the garden or anything Mm. you know um Mm. so they're really really important i mean i'm just thinking i'm just you know it's just so great that you um use that nap room in at the huffington <laughs>
1: <Pope>. <laughs> the only one
2: <laughs> yeah and, like, if I, and uh, is ariana huffington you know she i know she's done a lot about sleep but she's also yes. seems to me sort of like um uh not just ambitious but like ambitious beyond the sort of you know, beyond ordinary mortals kind of dreams of what ambitious yeah. could be. You know? She loves I mean, to create.
1: Not- yeah. She loves to yeah, create. Yeah, she cares yeah. a lot about like create, creating content and connecting people. And I yeah. just think how wonderful too, that she's leading the charge too, or yeah. has, has yeah. for years now, since her book thrive, a, sp- We've spoken about rest and realistically you know some people are single working parents they have many moving parts of their lives it's not always all all these um opportunities for breaks and rest aren't always available so we take yeah. what we can get like we yeah and, and life has different seasons too right mm-hmm. so maybe you're taking care of aging parents or young children and then that's a mm-hmm. very busy season so what can you get it's going to be different to your retirement season. that's right
2: grab it grab, g- g- grab the opportunity for idleness idleness when it presents itself
1: Oh for um, dear, well,
2: life. It, it could be a train journey actually you know there are all these little oh, moments if you're sort of a, a, acute to them um train journeys if you resist the temptation to take out your laptop okay. i mean last weekend i went on um went to a festival for two days i mentioned this earlier and
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh you know normally i would put put my laptop in my bag mm-hmm. but this time i thought no i'm just gonna you know I'm, why it's only two days i'll be back tomorrow, tomorrow evening you know um mm-hmm it's Saturday I mean I'm not that important really um Mm. so I didn't take it and but I noticed when I got back to the hotel room it was more of a hostel actually that's another story (laughs) anyway but when I got back to my room um uh I had this instinct to want to open the um laptop but what I did instead was read my book and drift off and and then in the morning I guess sort of had all this sort of time to think because Mm. I would have done it in the morning I probably would have opened my laptop and checked my emails you know and then mm-hmm. the train journeys, yeah. The train journeys were brilliant because I didn't have the mm-hmm. laptop, my phone didn't work, I don't have a smartphone. So mm-hmm. I just looked out the window and, and read my book and that was lovely. And that heaven. about two, about three hours of it. Heaven, heaven, you know, heaven. no one noticed. I mean that and then I, I got and then on Sunday evening, I was like I got home at sort of nine or ten.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: No, a little bit earlier. Anyway, whatever time it was, not that's mm-hmm. not the important thing. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I thought, well, I, I really better check my emails. And Victor, said, "Why? Just check them tomorrow. Don't bother about it. Mm. You know, just take the day off." And I did check them later, um, and you know, I had about actually, like, n- none of them were at all urgent. and took me about five minutes. Mm. So I was, you know, I really didn't need to have taken my computer. I'm glad I didn't take it. It was, you know, um, mm-hmm. th- th- those emails w- were actually dealt with incredibly quickly. Basically, just deleting, you know, thirty emails. <laughs>
0: I, I there think there's maybe
2: one too- that was, you know, you get so many spams and uh, newsletters and whatever. So I just like deleted them all and it only took ten minutes. Um yes. so yeah, so I'm glad I I resisted the temptation to take the laptop on the train and then I had this lovely idling time. On the way back, um, I came back with my friend and uh another speaker at the festival. Mm-hmm. Um and we talked all the way from Wales to Paddington Station. It was lovely. Wow.
1: <gasps> You know, uh, last weekend it was Memorial Day here, right, in the U.S. So, And it was also bank holiday in the U.K., I know. So I went to the beach with my husband. We had a lovely day reading at the beach. And then at 2 p.m. we came home and I turned off my phone until, like, Sunday afternoon. And there is nothing that you're missing in a lot of cases.
2: No, <laughs> you're just not. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Especially at a holiday weekend. Maybe I missed out on some sales flash emails that I got for some retailers or something. Yeah, Good. exactly fine like, yeah, and i yeah. just thought wow <laughs> i may not have a, a complete freedom this week because of course i've got lots of fun commitments including like this this interview right uh but take what you can get. i mean this is yeah. i just think like there is space and it yeah. and truly like how to be idle a loafer's manifesto what a book it's actually going to be included on a roundup i'm doing of the best books like the best books that you must read in your lifetime so tom where can people go to to find out about you to connect with you to consume more, more of your oh work? Well,
2: yeah thanks for asking Lisa. um we would normally say just go to the we have a website called idler idler.co.uk um Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of uh what i used to call journalism but it's now called free content (laughs) there's a lot of stuff on there that you know gives you an idea about the vibe of what we do um we do uh we do online events which we have a lot of american visitors to those uh -hmm. once a week on thursdays during term time sort of thing we invite a a guest on they talk about their, their, their book or their ideas and people really enjoyed it we started in lockdown you know and and people were like thank you because this is really sort of keeping me sane and we carried, mm-hmm. carried on doing them because they were um such good fun to do so that's one way of sort of looking at it
0: mm-hmm.
2: please join the newsletter again that's mm-hmm. free um each thursday i send out uh, a little uh short uh, observation or piece you know mm-hmm. um i mentioned rage against the dishwasher um, a little bit of sort of something I've been reflecting on, you know, um that week and, and people seem to uh, enjoy those. Mm. And that's again, that's free. Um mm. so join the newsletter that's and have a look at the have a look at the um uh website and you'll be able to get a uh, a good idea of what what we're all about. But Lisa you've described what we're all about very, very well. and thank you so oh. much for your, you know, um <laughs> cheerful vibes. <laughs>
1: Tom, I'm so grateful that you exist and you do the work that you do. I think truly like we need it now more than we ever have. And uh, a fan forever over here, Tom, truly. So check Keep out Tom Hodgkinson. Yeah. Yes, we will. Our own little rebellion right here. So until next time, my friends, so much love and ease. All you have to do to get access is leave me a review, leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Take a snapshot of it and send it to info@ at That's info at and we'll get you set up with access.